Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Happy Father's Day to everybody. But you also, well, not to everybody, but to those of you that are fathers. But today's also another great day. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. It's the first day of summer. Yeah, the longest day of daylight in the year. So because it's that way, I guess I should get extra time, make it the long, never mind, okay. <laughs> We're in this little series we've entitled Relationships That Matter, and I thought it'd be appropriate today to talk about honoring our parents. How do we do that? Because it's one of the big ten. It's honor your father and mother. That's one of the Ten Commandments. But it's repeated again in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. Honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment with a promise. And if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. It's, it's not about a time limit. It's, it's not about an age limit. It's about understanding that if you honor your parents, your life is going to be better for it. So how do we do that? What does it mean? How, how do I honor my parents? And this applies to everybody. Now, I'm going to use the term parent here, but sometimes I understand this includes grandparents. Sometimes it's maybe a, an adoptive parent. Sometimes it's a guardian. All of these fit into this category. So let's first of all, why did God give us this commandment? Why did He tell us this? I think there's a few reasons. Number one, realize there are no perfect parents. None of us had perfect parents. None of us will be perfect parents. We're all dysfunctional. According to the definition of the day, every one of us, we're dysfunctional as parents. There's only been one perfect parent. I told you this last week. It's God. And His kids didn't turn out so well. But he was perfect. So realize there are no perfect parents. Some of you might think, well, I got gypped. I got these as parents, so I wish I would have had them as parents. No parent is perfect. Secondly, respect for authority begins at home. I believe one of the greatest lessons to learn in life is how to live with authority and under authority. Parents, well, you know, uh, the, they're unworthy of honor. Uh, there's abusive parents. There's manipulative parents. There's immature parents. There's neglectful parents. Well, do I just ignore that? How do I do that? God wants us to honor the position of parenthood. Now, let me just review for you, because I've taught this over the years. There's four main areas of authority that you have to learn to submit to and live with. One of those is the home. You learn how to live under the authority of your home and your parents. The other one is the government. You and I are to respect and honor those who are governing above us. And the Bible's very specific because it says you pray for your leaders. You submit to them. You respect them. The workplace or school, you got a boss. You're to submit to the authority of the one that is there. Well, the boss is a jerk. He's still in charge. School, well, I got a bad teacher. She's still, they're still your teacher. And the church, 
Those four areas are areas of authority, and God wants you to honor the position of authority regardless of the personality behind us. Those of you in the military understand this. You're taught very early. You respect the uniform. You show the respect that it deserves, and you respond and learn how to live under authority. You teach, parents, you teach your kids how to live under authority by being a good authority. And so you and I have to understand God instituted authorities in our lives to help us to live under them. Why is that critical? Because if you don't live under them, you're not going to live under God's authority, are you? You're going to become the one in charge. I can do what I want. I can live like I want. I don't have to listen to anybody. Well, that doesn't play well with God, does it? And so I have to learn how to live under authority, and I need to respect their authority. Thirdly, how I relate to my parents will affect every other relationship. Your style of relating is set for you at home. And even today, as a grown-up, you act in ways that you don't understand, and you can't figure out your behavior. And many times, it's because you're still reacting to your parents. You've been with those parents, they have an influence on you. My wife will sometimes say, you're just like your father. Now, usually when she says that, that's not a compliment. And I understand that. But you know what? I, I, and all of us grew up saying, I'll never be like my mom. I, I'm not going to be like my dad. And yet here we are. You know, I'm not going to do that. And maybe you grew up in a home with a father who was a, a, an alcoholic and abusive and angry and everything, and you say, I'm never going to be like my dad. And you focus on that and look at that. You, what you focus on, you tend to become like, don't you? And you get older and say, well, I'm not like my dad. I don't drink. But you still have the anger issues. You still have other things that go on in your life today. And many marriages suffer because a spouse never resolved a relationship with a parent, and it bleeds over into the relationship with their spouse and their kids. And so, I have to understand that my parents have a great influence in my life without me even knowing it. And how I relate to my parents affects my other relationships. So how do we do this? Well, I'm going to break it down into three areas. Here's what it means to honor your parents. Different stages in life have different ways of honoring your parents. Now, I'm going to choose some arbitrary numbers, but those numbers fluctuate, don't they? But I'm going to choose them anyway. And so, don't get hung up on, well, it's, it's this age and that's it. That's not the way it works. It, it, it moves. For some, it's a bigger number. For some, it's less. So, first of all, in the first 20 years, what do I do? Number one, I abide by their rules. I abide by their rules. Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. As long as you live under your parents' roof, you are to obey them. They are the authorities that God has put into your life. And you do what they say, willingly, pleasantly, immediately. You're dependent on them for food and shelter and clothing and insurance. They get to call the shots. 
And as long as they provide, as they keep providing for you, you're to obey. And so it begins with me understanding as a child growing up, I am to abide by the rules that my parents established. Now, here's what we all know. Are rules always fair? No. Are rules always right? No. But they're the one in charge. The boss sets some rules for you at work. Well, I don't like these rules. Okay, too bad. This goes over well, doesn't it? So I abide by the rules. Secondly, I have a godly attitude toward them. I respect them. Well, I, I'll tell you what, there, if that's the way it's going to be, I'm just going to move out and go on my own, and I'll do what I want to do because I'm not putting up with this any longer. Then you have an attitude problem, and you will have greater problems down the road in your life. Proverbs 19.26, children who mistreat their father or chase away their mother are an embarrassment and a public disgrace. So in those first 20 years, I'm to honor my parents. And I honor them by coming to a place where I abide by their rules, I listen to what they say, and I have a right attitude in the midst of this. I obey. I do what's right. That's honoring my parents. In the next 30 years or so, now suddenly things shift a little bit. And they have to make some changes. And it begins with, first of all, I accept my parents. I accept them. The older you get, you start seeing your parents' faults. You see their hurts, their habits, their hang-ups, the chinks in their armor. You now have to accept them in spite of their weaknesses. This happened to me as a kid growing up. Um, I didn't, my dad grew up in a home where his dad left when he was 10 years old. From that point on, it was just he, his sister, and his mom. I never understood the effect that had on him until I got older. And I began to see the hurt. And I began to see the pain. And I began to see the difficulty. And I understood some things about him that I never understood as a kid growing up. But as you get older, you begin to see things. Well, why should I accept my parents? I didn't have a choice in the matter, and neither did they. We're stuck with each other, aren't we? And so, accepting doesn't mean pretending they were perfect. It doesn't mean ignoring their mistakes. It doesn't mean agreeing with all that they did or ask you to do. You accept them for who they are, which is what we all have to do in life, isn't it? We have to accept one another as we are, not as we want everybody to be, don't we? That begins at home. So acceptance includes, I love the life they gave me. My parents gave me something no one else could give me. They gave me life. I owe them my life. They maybe didn't have great parenting skills, but I am here because of them. 
Secondly, I listen to what they say. Now, I don't have to do everything they tell me to do when I'm out on my own. But I at least can give them the courtesy of listening, can't I? I don't need to despise it. I can listen to it. Proverbs 23, 22. Listen to your father who gave you life and don't despise your mother when she is old. So I accept them because I love the life they gave me. I understand they gave me life. I listen to what they say and I let go of the hurts. Now here's what I know about every person in this room. At some point in your life, you were hurt by your parents. Because you always hurt the people close to you, don't you? And so you have to deal with those hurts. That's why the Bible talks so much about forgiveness. I have to forgive. I have to let go of the things that happened to me. Your parents didn't purposely be mean to you. Maybe they didn't know any better. Maybe that's the way they were raised. And if you live for anybody, with anybody for any length of time, you're going to get hurt. And families have to be built on forgiveness. Remember, I talked to you a few Marriages have to be built on forgiveness, don't they? Everything is built on forgiveness. That's why God says it's so important for you to forgive. And today, it is not popular to honor your parents. Today, it's very popular to blame your parents for everything. And if there's anything bad in me, it's not my fault, it's my parents' fault. I'm this way because of the parents I had. I'm this way because of what they did and what they said. And it's always nice to be able to blame somebody else for our problems, isn't it? But you know what the Bible does? It takes all of that away and says, look, when, you, when God looks at you, you don't get to blame everybody else for your problems. It's you and Him. Because you can handle them well if you want to. Proverbs 20, verse 20. If you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. Your life will be dark. Your life will be hard. Because bitterness is always self-destructive. And if you're still hurting and resentful and bitter over the things your parents did to you in the past, you're still allowing them to control your life today. And you accept your parents. You don't despise them. Because we sung about it, we, we've talked about it, we believe that God can take whatever happened to me, no matter how horrible it was, God can bring good out of it if we'll let Him. But that's the key. If we'll let Him, you can hold on to the hurt. You can hold on to the pain. You can hold on to the injustice and the unreasonableness and the fear. You can hold on to that. Or you can forgive, let it go, and let God bring some good out of it in your life. Well, what good can possibly God bring out of that thing? You don't understand what happened. Maybe the good is you'll be able to really help somebody else because you have been through it and you know it. God can always use things for His good. And so we come to that place where we come and we accept our parents, who they are, as they are, warts and all, because there are no perfect parents. 
Also, I appreciate my parents. I appreciate my parents. That means I appreciate their struggles. Their struggles. Parenting is difficult. Can I get a witness anywhere? You know, you as a parent, you look, boy, I wish they had an instruction manual someplace to show me how to do this. Great news, they do. It's called the Bible. You know, it's really hard. It's time-consuming. It's energy-draining. It's costly. You know, I've got grandkids. I love my grandkids. I love it when they come over. I really love it when they go home. I look at myself and I think, how in the world do I raise kids? I've got these grandkids over and they're only over for a little maybe an hour or two or so or something like that. I'm exhausted. How did I get the energy to go on farther? How how did I do that? I think parenting's a young man's game. It takes energy just to keep up, let alone trying to teach or help or whatever else. And if you ever stop to consider how much easier your parents' life would be if you weren't a part of it, because here's what we all know, you were probably a difficult child. They say you can tell stress in different years of a tree's life if you cut it and you look at the rings. And sometimes you can tell the age of parents by the rings on their wrinkles on their faces. How much of that gray hair is there because of you? And when was the last time you thanked your parents just for putting up with you? Who else would put up with you? Because they had you when you were at your dumbest. You know, every teenager thinks they know everything, right? You don't know a thing. And yet, they continued. Were they perfect? No. Did they make mistakes? Sure. But you honor your mother and your father. But you, Pastor, you don't understand how bad my parents were. I maybe don't. And you don't have to repeat everything they did. You don't have to say they were wonderful. You don't have to pretend. But you can still respect them and you can still honor them, and you can appreciate everything they've gone through. And so you appreciate their struggle, and you appreciate their sacrifice. Parenting is expensive. They say today that raising a child will cost you over a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. And so when a parent chooses to have children, they choose to do without some things, don't they? That's why so many parents today, couples today, are choosing not to have kids because I don't want to do without. I want to have all these things. But your parents were willing to sacrifice for you, to give up things for you to change their life for you. Well, you don't understand, I was a mistake. 
Your parents may say that to you, but you're not a mistake. God planned for you to be here. They say that a father is someone who carries pictures where once he carried money. And so I appreciate the sacrifice of their life for what they did for me. You may not think that, you may not see that, but that happened. And so in those next 30 years, you come to that place where you understand, okay, I see things a little clearly. I didn't understand everything, but I now see why my parents acted like that. I now see the struggles they went to. I now understand a little bit more of their history. I now understand a little bit more of their pain. I understand that they weren't perfect in everything, but I still recognize them as the ones who brought me into this world and cared enough for me to try their best, although maybe their best wasn't much. And I can appreciate what they've done for me. Let's go to the final years. How do I honor my parents as they get older? First of all, I affirm my parents. I affirm them. You see, as, you get, as parents get older, they lose the affirming voices in their life. The career is coming to an end. Their friends are passing away. And they seem to be no longer wanted. And many seniors live lonely lives. And your parents just want to know that you care. How do I affirm them? Here's a novel thought. Just stay in touch with them. You know, it's easy to make a phone call once in a while. And even if you can't, it's easy to text now and then. It's easy just to say thinking of you. How you doing? It's an easy thing to do that would mean so much to so many. Proverbs 3.27 Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's your power to help them. Don't save the kind remarks and the flowers for the funeral. Say it now. Give it to them now. You affirm your parents by asking what they think. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it, but it's just nice to ask, isn't it? The answer is yes. Okay, just, just so I know. At least, even if you don't do it, you can at least listen. It's just a way of staying in touch to let them know I still care and I still value. Yeah, but my parents are horrible. I don't want nothing to do with them. <laughs> There's a story. I wasn't going to give it, but let me give it here. It's a story, I think it's from Grimm's Fairy Tales. It's one of them. There was an old man and his eyes blinked and his hands shook and when he ate he often missed his mouth and the spoon kind of turned over and he dribbled his food all down his thing, chest and, and he, you know, all, all over the table and he lived with his married son and, and he didn't have anywhere else to go and his son's wife was a modern woman and she just didn't like the, all that was going on and so they took the old man gently but firmly by 
by the arm and led him over to the corner of the kitchen. And they set him on a stool and gave him his food where, you know, he could do it. And if he spilt something, it didn't matter. They could clean up easily. And that way he wouldn't disturb the family's happiness. And they, you know, he, he just there and they didn't see it. And they didn't see the misty eyes or anything else going on. And one day the old man's hand shook and he dropped the bowl and it broke. So they created a little wooden bowl for him to eat out of so that it wouldn't do that. And it's kind of like a trough and he's eating out of it. And They had a four-year-old son. And the son was uh, one day playing with some wood and he had a hammer and some nails and he was building something. And they asked him, what are you building? And he smiled and looked up to them and says, I'm making a trough to feed you out of when I get big. appreciate what they have. You come to that place where you affirm them. They can't do everything they did before. Things have changed. But they're still your parents. And you don't abandon them. Don't abandon your parents. Don't, not my responsibility. Oh, yes, it is. 1 Timothy 5.8 those who won't care for their relatives, especially those of their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. That's a pretty strong verse, isn't it? And as time passes, the roles reverse. The caregiver now becomes the recipient. And the people who once fed and bathed you and cared for others now needs to be cared for. It doesn't mean you have to do it all. It does mean you just make sure that it can get done. It's your responsibility. See that they're cared for. Look at 1 Timothy 5.3. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. See, it's the church's job, isn't it? Well, hold it. If she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. One of the last things Jesus did on his cross was take care of his mother. It was his responsibility as the oldest son. Parents, don't make your kids make some promises. Well, promise me you'll never put me in a, 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 a care facility. Don't make them promise that. That might be the best thing that can be done for you. Well, when I die, make sure you do this and this and this. Don't do that to your kids. Let me give you a word to the parents. Parents, be honorable. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Do everything you can to be a parent that honors God. Don't try and make your kids like you. Don't try and make your kids to like you. Try, don't try to control their lives. And for some of you here today, you had some parents who hurt you deeply. And what they did was wrong. It was just flat out horrible. And maybe you've been devastated and struggled because of it. God wants to heal you. 
God wants to bring good out of it. Talk to somebody. Forgive the past. Face the future. Let God take care of things. Don't allow it to cloud your other relationships and to hurt you. For some of you here today, you're without parents and you think, well, my parents abandoned me and sometimes it was for good reasons. Let it go. Sometimes there is no good reason. For some of you, you're in an awkward place because your parents aren't getting along. Maybe they're even separated. Honor them both. Honor them both. Well, but they did this and they did this. They're human. They make mistakes. Forgive and go on. And maybe you're here today and you feel, well, I'm just unwanted and unloved. No, you are loved. Psalm 27:10. Even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. You have a heavenly father who will never leave you and who loves you. You have a church family that will last longer than your physical family. Allow God to work in your life. It's not perfect. It's always a little messy. But out of that, God wants to work in you, shape you, form you, help you. And God can take whatever happens and make it good. So he tells us, look, here's what I want for you. I want you to honor your parents. It will go well with you in your life if you'll do that. It will help you in your other relationships. It will help you emotionally, spiritually, to live that kind of life. And if you do it, you will benefit by having a better life. So today, Father's Day, what's the best thing you can give a father? Honor, respect. Yeah, but you don't know my dad. I don't. Well, I do know this. He's not perfect. <laughs> you know, you maybe can't give him a card that says, for the best dad ever. But he's your dad. If you'll honor him, God will honor you. So I would encourage you today to give honor where honor is due. Let's pray. Lord, today we thank you for the life that we have. And we're here because of our parents. Lord, there's so many things in life that are difficult and hard. So many things that we face and come up against. But God, you are a God who loves us and cares for us and takes care of us. And you say, look, if you'll honor the people in your life, I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. I'll help you. I'll take whatever was messed up and I'll make good out of it. Trust me. Allow me to do what only I can do today. So Lord, bring healing where it's needed. Let us allow you to heal us 
and to work in our lives. And let us be grateful for the people that you placed in our lives. And Lord, let us give honor today where honor is due. Thank you for your faithfulness and your help and your direction in this today. We give you praise for it. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.